This podcast is sponsored by The Hoopoo, the brand dedicated to the fashion, lifestyle, and culture of basketball and its fans. Rooted by fundamentals and life lessons the game teaches us. Their goal is to take what we learn through the game and apply that on and off the court. Their gear sells out fast, so make sure you go follow them on social media at The Hoopery and check out their online store at thehoopery.com. That's www.thehoopery.com. Thehoopery.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, the X-Files, joins the show, Jeremy File. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Jeremy. Well, welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. With my man, the X-File from Michigan, what's up? Let me start off by saying this. I know you're not going to like this, but me and your son E are walking around with our heads held high because our Warriors, even without KD, found a way to get it done last night. And, you know, me and him just love our Steph Curry. So I'm just walking around today with just... I'm shimmying. I've just been shimmying everywhere I go. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, the only reason why they won is because Clay Thompson finally showed up to play. Sure. And you know what's really cool that they won, though? That was the old team that won their first championship. Yes. So that hats off to them. I, I you know, because I'm a big Steph Curry fan. I, I like what he does. I'm a big Clay uh, Thompson fan. You know, I got to meet the kid. Um, you know, he trains with my man Jordan Lolly. Shout out to Jordan. Um, yes. You know, he he gave a few minutes to my program. Talked to the boys. Did some autographs. Got some pictures with them. Um, Elijah got to uh, talk with him and. And watch uh, Jordan train him. So hats off to that. You know, a lot of a lot of NBA guys. You know, they want their doors closed and everything very private. So yeah, you know what? Respect. I'll give them respect. Although, although they're going to be has-beens next year because my Clippers are going to come with the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, you know they could. Uh, well, you know we talked about that a lot, and and honestly, it's going to be really crazy this offseason because, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. You know, the Clippers are in a lot of these discussions with player movement. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. We're getting we're getting Thor's hammer. We're getting yeah. Thor's hammer. We're coming down with Thor's hammer. That's right. So. You know, and I'll be back. I'll be on the Clippers bandwagon. You know how I roll. Whoever's winning, I like them. <laughs> yeah, you, you're just not into the, uh, the Pistons, even though you're in Michigan. No, I you know I washed my hands with that crap. Um, I you know I still like the Bulls. You know I you know look, I jumped on the Jordan bandwagon with the Bulls. 
and I stayed on. I didn't want to totally give up on my Bulls, and I, I do think they'll be okay. They, they got a little better at the end of the year, but they were atrocious most of the year. Yes, they were. Uh, you know, talking about your Bulls, so I have, um, you know, so I'm a huge Jordan fan just like you. Obviously, they Nike dropped. Well, actually, let's just do this. Let's just dive right in first, as you like to say. Makes yes. fun of me. But Nike <laughs> distributed out the Jordan 4s, re-retroed them again, for the, uh, what was it, the 30th anniversary of yes. Michael yep. Jordan hitting the game-winning shot um, against Craig Elo and the Cavs. That was a, a rem- remarkable moment. You know, we're talking about it today. Um, can you elaborate on that? Well, I think that shot was the beginning of the Chicago Bulls really taking that step. I mean, you know, a lot of people, and I would call them haters, continuously bring up how Jordan has been swept in playoffs. He lost a lot of series. That was that first time where, boom, we're winning a series. I, you know, Jordan hits the last shot. Um, and people forget that game. It was multiple times. I would say four trips back and forth where guys hit big shots. Pippen hit a huge shot. Elo was on fire at the end, and he actually put them up by one. Poor Craig Elo because he had a great drive to the rim, put the Cavs up by one with, I mean, a few seconds left. And then, obviously, the last shot, you know, on poor Craig. You know, Jordan hits, you know, the, the, the pump fake in the air. And that was that was when it began. That's when the Bulls really started finally getting over that hump, and they started finally uh, pushing further in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I mean that was that was the beginning. Even though Mike, you know, MJ was unreal before that, but that was the beginning of him really having some playoff moments. Right. You know, uh, just just to let you know this, um, and to let our listeners know, you know, that was a mid range shot. Oh, it's back, baby! It's back. <laughs> you know, I, I, and everybody loves Steph. You know, everybody loves Lillard with them threes. But you know, that was a mid-range shot. Just to let y'all know. Well, you know, Stan Van Gundy had a great point um, on ESPN. He said the mid-range game is back, and it was, it's kind of been true. They've been posting about KD, who's obviously outstanding in mid-range, and showing clips of Lillard hitting big shots from mid-range. So even though the three is is vital now. The mid-range shot has been huge in this playoffs. Um, Steph's still hitting some. And, uh, you know, Lillard, when he extends the drive and then he's still hitting that 18-footer, uh, that's a mid-range shot. And KD, obviously, is, is unreal in the mid-range. So, yeah, I mean, but then, I mean, the mid-range shot was, was potent. Well, you know, I have, a, have, I have another mid-range shot for you. 1997, uh, Jordan drives to the hoop. It's game six. Drives to the hoop, kicks it to a wide open Steve Kerr for a 15 footer in game six in the finals and hits that bucket. What do you think about that one? Oh, I never forget it. You know, it was one of those things where obviously it's documented now. You know, they had planned it. You know, it was a planned thing that they knew Stockton would double. Right. Uh, Mike knew that he would, Steve was going to be wide open. And uh, they were up by one at the time. He hits the shot. The rest is history. Uh, they steal the inbound pass um, to seal it, which was 
awesome. You know, Pippen steals it. You know, the Jazz were only down three still. They had a shot to tie it up. Yes. And they couldn't even inbound the ball. Pippen uh, steals it, dives on the floor, uh, tips it to the coot coach, and it's over. And I went nuts. You know, my mom was actually a huge Bulls fan with me. She jumped on the bandwagon. And we're just screaming in the house. It's one of those things that it's so cool we're talking about this today because there's no notes needed for this, my friend. I mean, you remember where you were. You remember uh, how old you were. Oh, yeah. You know, I was a young scrapper trying to be great as a basketball player. Loved Jordan, loved the Bulls. And, um, yeah, that was huge. You know, play and play by two individuals, and, and Kerr hits it. And uh, legendary, man. Legendary play. Absolutely. Oh, I totally remember watching that. Man, I was 18. Oh, my God. We're old. I know. It's crazy. Oh, man. It's crazy. Okay, another one from Mr. June. Okay? Another one. You know, everybody everybody remembers this. I mean, if you're a basketball fan and as old as we are, I collected basketball cards, you know, just like you would collect football or baseball cards. Um, Upper Deck came out with a series of cards called Mr. June. Hence, Michael Jordan, right? They called him Mr. June. So my favorite moment of Mr. June was July 14th, 1998. And it's the game winner against the Jazz, of course. Uh, Yes. You know, 87, 86. Um, Ridiculous. Was it a push-off? Oh, I mean, look at all these trainers keep talking about offhand contact and swatting guys out of the way. I mean, it was beautiful. I, I loved it. A little slap on the butt, uh, pullback dribble, and, uh, you know, dribble, lead foot, whatever you want to call it, right foot, bang, push off with the left. I'm not calling it. I love Mike. I, <laughs> let's embrace it. I mean, it was, though. I mean, it was one of those plays where he did everything with contact that you want to teach players i teach this to guys and i know jordan does and all these trainers do you got to be active with your offhand and uh mike was getting so good at that pullback dribble into his mid-range where he would dribble one or two times and then pull it back and russell poor brian byron russell you know, gets the uh you know he'll be remembered forever on that one but yeah it, i mean it was a a little bit of a push off and uh i loved every moment of it yeah. Oh man. I it's just dope, man. I love it. It's one of my favorite moments of MJ. I, I really love that moment of him. Um switching gears. Um the only other I mean there's a bunch of different moments of NBA history and playoff game winners. Um there are two that I want to also discuss. I know you have a bunch. One of them being Derek Fisher hitting his big game winner. What do you yeah. think about that one? Oh, that was a unreal play because, you know, Duncan just hit the shot yes. off the glass over Shaq, and it looked like it was over. I think point nine on the clock, and uh, you, you're thinking, okay, it's going to go to Kobe. You know, Kobe's going to get the ball. And uh, the way they designed that, you know, st- you know, Fisher's just kind of goes to that uh, left wing and uh, almost elbow area extended, catches the ball and just flings it out there and all net. I mean, it was unreal. It was one of those games where that was the series. And, you know, the Spurs win that game. We might be talking a little, for, you know, a little differently about the Laker dynasty. And, 
what a clutch shot. And Derek Fisher was was key to those runs because he had a lot of big shots. You know, and against the Magic, he had a huge three at one point. Um, he made big plays. And you got to have guys like that. They're role players that can still hit shots. Like you mentioned, Steve Kerr, a role player comes in, hits a big shot. Derek, Derek Fisher, big shot. And uh, his storms off the court, unreal. Unreal play. Oh, it was awesome. It, it was, dude, I remember watching that in my living room going, this did not just happen. Because I am totally not a Laker fan. You are anti-Laker. Anti-Lakers. Can't stand them. You know? So for me, I was like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> it was big. I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, guys thinking about the Lakers just to rub it in your face a little. The big moments that that organization's had with shots. I mean, Magic with his, uh, you know, uh, baby hook over oh. McHale. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that's a big one. You know, and, and he also had some blunders, you know, with uh, letting the clock run out, you know, on, against the Celtics. And that Celtics-Lakers 30-30 uh, is awesome. And oh, yeah. But the great thing about basketball, and, and I would say even pro sports in the playoffs, is there's so many moments that you can look back to and go, you know, I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. I remember how old I was. And basketball, especially because everybody's out in the open, it's a visual thing. You see the guys. It's not like football. And you remember these players for those big moments. And, you know, Magic's had them. LeBron's had them. Jordan's had them. And then role guys have as well. You know, they hit big shots. And one that comes to mind for me, which uh, I think a lot of people, you know, you forget because you remember the finals, but you don't remember the playoffs. Like the Jordan shot, you remember. It's, it's game-clinching. Now Lillard's had a couple game clinching. Right, right. The series is over. Right, those series, are like like big. done. You're out. Yeah, you're you're gone fishing. You're done. Have a nice vacation. And uh, there's so many of those. But one that really didn't clinch it, but may end up losing was when Kobe hit that shot against the Suns. You oh know, yes, yeah, I remember that. And you know, huge shot, and they ended up losing that series. Um. But uh, it was a big shot, mid-range, your favorite, against a very good Suns team. And, and that was the beginning of Kobe without Shaq. And uh, he hits that, that big shot to win it. And uh, gosh, there's so many games. We could just go on and on. I want to go to you, though. Do you, do you have one that you're like, oh, man, I'll never forget that moment? Oh, I have one right now. And I wanted to talk about this. I know that we were talking about Jordan. And that's what brought this whole idea up. Was, you know, the, the Jordan shot against the Cavs. Because, you know, like I said, Nike just redropped those retro fours. And, you know, I got them. I had to pick them up and I got them. Um, got to. I had to. But what really, what I want to talk about is 24 years ago, 1995, my man Reggie Miller hit oh boy. eight points in nine seconds against the Knicks to win. And I love it. Like, I absolutely love that. Like, can you elaborate on that one? Like, I remember sitting at home watching that, watching John Starks choke on free throws. Two of them. He didn't want to shoot those. Choke or he did not. That Knicks team, God bless their heart. 
they've had some bad moments, <laughs> and they and that media in New York is brutal. And uh, the the Spike Lee and Reggie uh, trash talking, and and it was over. That game was over. Yeah. And Anthony Mason, uh, rest in peace, by the way. Right. Uh, he the the pass and yeah. talk about push offs. The push off King Reggie fouled Greg Anthony on that. By the way, fouled him. He falls down. The pass was terrible. The guy was already slipping and falling, and he threw it. He threw it in. Reggie turns, has the presence of mind, and you watch the 33rd, he also has the presence of mind to not take a two or or dribble anymore. He he took one dribble or two dribbles max. I think it was one. I think it was one. Turns, turns, three-point line, bang, game tied. But the Knicks had a shot. Yeah, they fouled. They fouled. Yeah. And they, and then the they fouled Reggie on the reboundness. I mean, talk about a nightmare for a coach. Oh, it was great. Well, not even that. John Stark misses two clutch free throws. Okay, I understand. But who gets the rebound? All right, Patrick Ewing, and he gets it. It's he's like what, maybe six, seven feet away in in the free. In the key, yeah. and he misses the shot, and he's always clutch. He was clutch with his jumper, and he just missed. You know, oh my goodness, the ball just talking didn't... about that that series. Remember, th- this is something that just comes to my mind because we could talk about this for five hours. Patrick Ewing has a chance to win the game, and misses the wide open layup against the Pacers in Game Seven. In the series, when they had a series against them, and people forget that shot, he catches the ball, takes that long stride that he loves, has a wide open lane. He makes it, the series is over, they win. But he misses and they lose. And that was a series, and I'll never forget that. Because I was like, oh my gosh, he was wide open. He was right to the basket. He had an injury. He had a calf injury, so he typically would have dunked it. But he didn't have the lift, so he misses a wide-open layup. And the poor New York Knicks, they need KD, they need Kyrie, they need Zion, they need anything to get them excited because they have had some really, really rough moments. Oh, man, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that team, that New York's, New York Knicks team was, wasn't it, like, ridiculous, like, like, uh, Jeff Van Gundy was obviously the coach, right? Or well, that time Pat Riley was. Pat Riley was the oh, coach. Was it during that time? And they were really good for a long stretch there, where they were giving the Bulls a lot of hard times in their first set of three peats there, where they, you know, they had Chicago down in their last, uh, the third title in a row. They had them down two zero, and yeah. uh, they were good. I mean, they had they had the Bulls on the on the ropes the year before. They were in the finals in 94, and then the Rockets ended up beating them. And uh, and then it just went to all hell against Reggie. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, and they, they had great players. I mean, like you said, they had, they had John Starks. You know, they had uh, – tr- remember Charles Smith? Didn't Charles Smith play like 20 years in the league? Yeah, Charles Smith, Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, Greg Anthony, Derek Harper. Oh, Derek Harper! Throwback uh, point guard who brought it up, dumped it inside. Our favorite, just bring it down, throw it to the big fellas. 
the game was so different then, and they were so physical. I mean, they were bad boys times two sometimes with the way they played. Oh my and, god! Uh, yeah, they just uh, they just couldn't get it done. I mean, they were right there. Yeah, and they just never could get it done. Yeah, Patrick Ewing, like you said. Remember Herbert Davis? Herbert, yes, absolutely. North Carolina, dude. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were loaded. They were good. And, and he just killed with these guys on ESPN. Oh, I mean, who would Michael really have to beat? The Knicks? They were good. No, the Knicks I, were, they good. were so good. They were good. Oh, man. I remember watching those Knicks going, man, these guys are tough. They're yeah, tough. They were gritty. Don't want to drive the lane on when Charles Oakley and Mason are in there. You don't. You don't want to mess with that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I gave you my number one. I mean, obviously this this whole uh, talk came with the whole MJ versus the Cavs. But uh, what do you have? Well, I think one because I'm out here, you know, in, in Michigan and. Uh, the Pistons, you know, they, they had that great team with Ben Wallace, Chauncey, Rip, Rashid. Right. And a huge moment um, for them in the playoffs. They were, they're playing the Pacers. And, uh, you know, they're down. They're already down one game. And uh, Rashid guaranteed they'd win. You know, the, the guaranteed, they called it. And Reggie Miller has a, a fast break layup. Looks like no one's around. He's going to just put it in, and pretty much the game should be over. You know, I think they were only up one at the time. And Tayshawn Prince, my boy, oh, oh, Tayshawn. came out of nowhere with the block heard around the world, spend it off the glass, blocks Reggie, they win game two, and then the rest is history. They end up winning the NBA Finals. And uh, those are just big moments. Where, you know, Chauncey, they called him Mr. Big Shot for a reason. They had big shots. Yes. Uh, that Pistons team, you know, they had some really good playoff moments. And, uh, you know, they, they had a good run there. That was a good time for the Pistons. You know, big shots. And uh, they had some really good playoff series. They had the Nets. The Nets were good when Jason Kidd was playing. And, and Chauncey hit a half quarter to send it in overtime in Game 5. I'll never forget that. I think that was... Uh, I think they lost that year, though. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to go back to memory lane here, but there were some good moments out here during that time. But that block, the Tayshawn Prince block, I'll never forget that. And that changed the whole complexion for them in that uh, playoffs. But your man, Chucky Atkins, man. 5'11", 160 pounds point guard, man. Yeah. I'm going to say this. Allen Iverson, live, was the fastest player I've ever seen in my life. Okay. He- Ball. I'll never forget this play, Andre, because we're talking playoff moments, and this isn't game-winning shots, but they had mentioned it, that in the open court, he's the fastest player they, they've ever seen. The Pistons said that. He got the ball, three-quarters, Chucky Atkins, another Chucky bomb here. He took off running at half-court, because he knew. And Allen Iverson went full length and went by him and scored. I'd never seen a player so fast with the ball in his hands in the open court. I mean, he was lightning. But I, I would say, I mean, how tall is Iverson? Iverson, anyways. I mean, oh, he's he's five ten. I mean, people say that you know he had a six one on the roster. He's five ten. I mean, he's he's tiny, and and I watched Kyrie live too. And I'm gonna tell you, I watched him live in the 2015 playoffs. Okay. Uh, 
when they played the Pistons. Uh, Detroit had uh, your, your boy Tobias, who's with the Clippers. He was outstanding in that right. game. It was game three. Uh, obviously, the Cavs swept him. Kyrie was fast, but not even close to Iverson. But the thing that Kyrie's different is he's so shifty, you know, with with side to side movement, and, and his first step would probably be maybe even better than Allen Iverson, maybe. But as far as a dead sprint with the ball, I mean, I've never seen anybody faster than Allen Iverson in the open court. He was just he was lightning. I mean, you had, if you blinked, he was gone. Wow. And, uh, you know, it, I played against a lot of good players in my day, and I always say this story because I don't think people realize how good these guys are in the NBA. Yeah. And I've been fortunate to play against some great ones. I mean, Jamal Crawford, uh, he put the ball between my legs. I felt like a fool. And, uh, you know, I, I actually – he didn't score, number one. I still stopped him. Number two, I, I guarded IT, Isaiah Thomas, and he was so quick. Um, but a guy that he doesn't look like it now – because the way he plays is, is Rajon Rondo was unreal fast in the open court in high school. And I got to play against him. And I'm telling you right now, to all your listeners, I swear to this, I played against him, went to the Louisville basketball camp, because Rick Patino was all over him, but he ended up going to Kentucky. I guarded Rajon Rondo one-on-one. I swear I blinked, and I don't know where he went. He was gone. I was like, where did he go? I bet. I just went. And, and, and he, he was a dunker in high school. Right. And isn't he, he's six one, right? Yeah, six one, maybe six two. The the biggest hands, you know, he's like a Kawhi with those hands. You're That's right. why he can pass fake so well. But uh, some of those guys are so fast, and, and it's incredible how uh, talented some of these guys are. Wow, that's actually really cool, man. I did I didn't know that you got to play against him. I mean, I got to play against the. The Collins brothers and uh, uh, Carlos Boozer. That's about it. That's I mean, there's I, I can drop I can drop three names and those are that's it. Yeah, the the quickness on that level and just the confidence in the NBA guys is is uh, there's a reason why they're making the money they're making. And uh, I've been fortunate to play against guys that even weren't at that level that were great overseas pros that that were making a lot of money and. Uh, Tyus Edney, I guarded him. He was incredibly quick. Another Cali boy. Oh, yeah. He was outstanding. Played against him in the uh, International Basketball League. He was unreal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's some of these guys with their speed, that you just can't teach that. You know, this is something they have in their game. I never had it. You know, I was shifty and quick and crafty, but I wasn't fast. And uh, some of these guys just have it all. Oh, I bet, man. I mean... You got you got to think also. It, it it has to do with their athleticism as well. Am I right or wrong? Oh, of course, and, and these guys are well trained. I mean, they get the best of the best with training, and uh, yeah, I mean, there there's no doubt. And uh, there is some things that are natural abilities that you can't teach, but there is some things that they've worked on, per- perfected the craft, and that's why the moments are so huge in the playoffs. These are the best players in the world. And in the biggest moments, they make the plays. And that's why it's so fun to talk about it, because we remember it. <laughs> but they've been practicing it and drilling it for years. Oh, absolutely. And practicing those shots. So it's just, hey, the lights are on. Now you guys get to all see it. Yeah. And uh, we get, gosh, the moments this year, Lillard with his shot. Oh, was that and, dangerous uh, or what? I mean, this is a uh, talk about confidence. We talked about it in a few segments before. The guy talked about his trainer. He's been working on deeper threes. 
has the confidence to say, you know, I'm going to take this 34 footer and I'm going to hit it and you guys can go home. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, that's not his first time he did that and sent somebody home. Nope. 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 Yeah. He, dangerous, nope. man. My man Lillard is dangerous and he's a, he's a killer MC if you know that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. He does, he's rappers out here. Yeah. He, he's better. <laughs> Love it. Well, I mean, do you have any other ones? I mean, do you have any others? Oh yeah, I, I got you know got a couple minutes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know ask you one, but I'm gonna give you mine. I'm gonna ask you another one for you. I feel like it's just one of those games where I'm at Michigan basketball camp. Michigan basketball camp at the time, you know, it was just getting over the Fat Five era, and it was awesome. Uh, Robert oh. Trecker Baylor was was playing at U of M. Lewis Bullock, who was, who's been an outstanding European pro. Um, Maceo Bass and some guys that a lot of people don't know um, were at Michigan basketball camp. So what happened was every time I went to the camp, the NBA finals were on. And the Jordan flu game was ridiculous. And this guy, and there was a lot of things talked about it, you know, how sick was he really? And he, he had the flu. I mean, he was done. It was and ridiculous. He had a huge three, and he was fouled on it. People don't know this. John Stockton hit him on the shot. He didn't flop like your boy Harden the beard. He just took the <laughs> shot, and he he hit a big three in game five when the series was tied. And then if Utah wins that, maybe we're having a different talk here about the Bulls' legacy. But he had 39. You know, I was at the Michigan basketball camp after we were done watching the end of the game. And that three he had against Stockton was uh, was it, man. That that pretty much ended it for Utah. And uh, yeah, just big moments, you know. And of course, the Bulls. I'm always going to remember there's moments the mo- the most. I mean, there's obviously been a ton of big shots. You know, Larry Bird's hit big shots in the finals. Magic had the hook, like I mentioned. But uh, do, do you have another one that you're like, I never forget that. I mean, when you were younger or even older. Um, I got. One. What about the one? I'm going back. March 28th, 1992. When uh, Christian Leitner, I know we're going NCAA, hit the game-winning shot against Kentucky. Unreal. I, I was watch- I remember watching the game, and my dad was a huge basketball fan. That's why we're basketball fans was sitting next to us and stood up and could not believe what he saw. Like, he didn't even care who won because he's not a Duke fan. He's he's not a Kentucky fan, obviously. You know, we're growing up in the West Coast. But we're watching it, and he it was just unreal. 104, 103, you know. Yeah. Um, I, who, Grant, I think Grant Hill passed the ball in, am I right? Yeah, Grant Hill passes it. Number one, Christian Lehner should not have been in the game. He stepped on a guy. <laughs> oh, that was awesome! I remember that! Yeah, and, and Christian Lehner did not miss a shot that whole game. He had 28. He was 10 for 10 from the field, including the last shot. Kentucky just hit a shot. Their point guard, Woods, was his last name. Hit a banker, floater from like 17 feet off the glass. Put him up one. And... uh the it's it's well documented. They they ask Grant Hill, "Hey, can you make the pass?" Yes, Christian, can you catch it? Yes. All right. If Grant throws it, I'll catch it and, and I'll shoot it. And one dribble, boom, pivot, 
game over and never will forget it. And I'm going to give you, because that was my Fab Five era now. Yeah. I'm like, he says, we're going to NCAA basketball. You know, they beat the Fab Five in the finals. They killed them. But the year after, oh, I just, it kills me to say this, but poor Chris Weber, the North Carolina, Michigan, Oh yeah! I don't game. I will never forget. And he called that. time out. Oh, I felt so bad for him. And and you know, I really thought because I'm a big Michigan fan. I really thought this is the year they're going to do it. They're they're going to, you know, all the talk, all the hype. They're going to win this. They're going to beat North Carolina. They already beat them that year in a, in a in a tournament. So Chris Weber traveled when he got the rebound. Yeah, you know, they were down two. And uh, it's really big out here because it, you know if you got if you guys want to read a great book, read the Fab Five book. Obviously, the Thirty for Thirty is well documented as well. But to know the whole history of the Fab Five, it, it's really powerful. Michael Talley was a guy on that team. I'm dropping some fire here for you because this is good information. Michael Talley was Mister Basketball in Michigan. He actually coached against my high school, and he was on the bench and, and very upset, not getting minutes. He was calling for a timeout on the bench. It's well documented. And he was yelling it. He, he has his hands. He, he's got it. Teed, call timeout. And Weber calls the timeout. They didn't have any. They broke my heart. Carolina wins it. And the Fat Five's done. And, and I'll never forget that game. I cried. I cried like a baby. I was eight years old. I'll never forget that NCAA Finals game. I mean, it was just, you talk about playoff moments, tournament moments. That was one that will never be forgotten. And uh, Michael Talley, if I find him, I'm going to have some words with him. <laughs> but that's a I great that. book, though, that it talks about all the whole thing behind the, the team and what they were going through and, and the millions of dollars that was generated through the Fab Five was just unreal. I mean, it, the baggy shorts and, yeah, I mean, big moments, man. You know you know how it is. The basketball is the greatest sport in the world, and those big moments you just never forget, and that was one that I'd like to forget, but, you know, you just can't. Oh, I know. You're absolutely right. Well, okay, so so give me one. Give me something else besides that one that you had. You said you had a few. You know, it's, you know the NBA or NCAA. I, whatever you want to give me, man. Well, I'm going to go to my experience, and it was just unreal. So I, when I played for Western Michigan, number one, I was uh, you know, a freshman, and we were unreal. We were very, very good. And uh, we had a guy named Mike Williams who was uh, MAC Player of the Year, was in the NBA uh, Combines, uh, Summer League. So we were very good. We had a few guys, uh, I think nine or ten guys from that team, including myself, which would make, I think, 11, actually, that played pro basketball in some uh, way, shape, or form. So we're playing in the Bracket Buster. The Bracket Buster games were awesome because these are trying to promote mid-majors and promote teams that are overlooked a little bit. We're playing College of Charleston, which is a very powerful program, been known to be great for years. And we are down by two with about one and a half seconds left, maybe maybe two. I'm on the bench. I'm thinking it's over. And our coach has a pick-to-picker set up. We, we put our best shooter. They screen for him. And then they flare screen the guy who screened for our best shooter. We throw it in. Our center shot fakes, takes one dribble, and bang, hits it at the buzzer, ties the game. Place went nuts. Uh, and our arena held. 
about 6,000. It seemed like there was 100,000 in there. The place went nuts. We go to overtime and win. The court was stormed. I had people all over me. It was just a moment I'll never forget. And when you play Division One basketball, whether you're the best player or, or, or on the bench like I was, uh, you when you're a part of that stuff of great moments, you, you just never forget it. I remember that vividly. And uh, it was awesome. I always wanted to be a part of a game where the court was stormed. And I had a bunch of them in high school and uh, big shots. And I'm going to put this out here. I have never, and this is why I'm jealous of these guys, I've had moments in AAU where I hit game winners and summer league games. I've had a ton of them. I never had a last-second game-winning shot. I've had big shots where I put us up by one or two at the pro level right. or any college. But I never had that moment where I, you know, I had a couple rim in and out. I never had that moment where I took the shot and I'm like, see you boys later, I'm waving to you. Never had that. And gosh, that's a player's dream. Yeah, I, I don't I don't ever think I did that either. Um, but yeah, that is a player's dream. That's I mean, how many times were you at a park or in your front yard or backyard and you would count down the seconds? Against whoever you were playing to win the game. I oh, every day. I did that all the every time. Every day. All every the day. Time. That's that's the moments that you strive for as a player. You want the ball in your hands. Um, you you live for that. We had a district uh, game against a very good team close by us. Uh, the gym had a couple thousand people, and and we were tied. And I was dribbling the clock out, and and uh, I was I wanted to take a three like Lillard, so I took a three. I'm like, it's in. It looked perfect, and it rimmed in and out. All those times in the backyard, three, two, one. I'm like, this is it. Here it is. In and out. In and out. But we go to overtime. We go to overtime. I, I hit three free throws. No one scored besides me in overtime. It was a defensive battle. 